It's Catherine Chow, everybody. Today, I want to talk to you about how to live a life of freedom and not of fear. Is your life defined by freedom or is your life defined by fear? When people encounter you Monday to Saturday, when they meet you, do they think, wow, that is the freest person I've ever met? Or are we also just consumed with fear? Does our faith make any difference at all? This week, I went on the internet and I started Googling what were the top 10 fears that people experience in life. And here is the list. Fear of failure, fear of loneliness, fear of rejection, fear of change, fear of uncertainty, fear of getting hurt, fear of not being good enough, fear of being judged, fear of vulnerability, fear of public speaking. <laughs> Pray for me. I don't know if any of you can relate to any of those fears on the list, but I can tell you that in my lifetime, I have battled through every single one of those fears. I am quite a fearful person. And I think that's because I was raised by immigrant parents. My parents immigrated from Hong Kong to London, and when they arrived here, it was a new place. They didn't speak the language, it wasn't familiar, and they didn't know many people. And so everything was a threat. And when I was growing up, my parents told me, always be careful. Don't do anything risky. If you see trouble happening over here, go over there. And whatever you do, do not bring shame to the family name. In fact, my parents were so um, fearful, they tried to restrict my freedoms because they were worried that I would get mixed in with the wrong crowd, I would do something crazy, or I would go completely off the rails. And I know right now that a lot of young people across this nation are sitting their exams right this very moment. And um, I don't know if it makes anyone feel any better, but when I was a young person, the thought of exams would absolutely terrify me. And I think it's partially because my mum told me that if I failed my exams, I would literally become homeless. I mean, if that doesn't, like, send shivers down your spine, I don't know what does. But, um, you know, even as an adult, I sometimes have dreams that I'm sitting an exam and I haven't revised. And I literally wake up in a panic and it's so real. And I'm like, oh, phew, it was just a dream. You know, I think the way to live a life of freedom and not of fear is to cling on to this promise that Jesus has made you. Jesus has made you a promise to give you a gift of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, in what biblical scholars call the upper room discourse, Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's about to be crucified. And he's about to face his excruciating death. And in that moment, he's thinking about this group of people 
who he loves, how he's about to leave them, and how it must have burdened him. And in this teaching, Jesus tries to reassure his followers. He tries to comfort them, and he wants to equip them to face the fears that lie ahead of them. And Jesus could have taught on anything he wanted, but in his final moments, Jesus chose to teach on the Holy Spirit. Paul writes that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The way to live a life of freedom and not fear is to cling on to these three truths. God is with you. God loves you. And God is for you. You may think that just seems way too simplistic. My life is very complicated. My circumstances are deeply challenging. And you're probably right. But when you grasp these three truths, when they stop being just a concept or a knowledge in your head, but they become a reality in your heart, that is the key to freedom. On Monday morning, when you go to work, and you see your very scary boss heading towards you in the corridor, if you remember, God is with you, God loves you, and God is for you, it totally changes everything in your mind. It is those truths that have the power to set us free. Do you believe it today? So firstly, God is with you. In John 14, Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm not ashamed to admit that my deepest fear in life is that I would end up on my own, all alone. And I have a running joke with my sister. Um, and I say to her, uh, my sister's married and she has two children, age seven and 10. And I say to my sister, you know, when we get really, really old, would you mind if we live together in the same retirement home? Because the idea of kind of growing old on my own really freaks me out. And just so my um, brother-in-law doesn't totally freak out. I don't need to be on the same floor. Uh, I don't even need to be in the same building. But if you wouldn't mind, could we be in the same retirement complex together so that we can spend like our old age years together and I won't be alone? And I actually said to her, and also, you know when your kids are adults and they kind of have to visit their parents in the retirement village, would you mind if I asked them if they could kind of like bring a bag of sweets for their favorite aunt? Like, Maybe it's just some Haribos or something, since they're coming to see you anyway. But um, that, that is the kind of conversations we have in our household. But, you know, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit here at HTB, 
the Lord set me free from my fear of being alone. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I knew in the depths of my soul that God is real. And that meant that God is always with me, that God lives within me and I am never alone. That truth set me free. You know, you are not an abandoned orphan. You are a child of God. And God has promised, he has promised to help you and to be with you forever. That is a promise. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but God is with you. He will not abandon you and he will not forsake you. He is not going anywhere. God is with you. Secondly, God loves you. Jesus says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. The most fearless woman of God I have ever met in my life is my grandma. My grandma was the one who showed me what living life in the spirit looked like. She was the one who showed me what it looks like to love Jesus with all your soul, all your heart, all your strength, and all your mind. My grandma raised five sons on her own in Hong Kong, single-handedly. And she had some really um, difficult battles with her mental health during a really early part of her life. But she encountered the person of Jesus. She experienced his love and she was totally transformed. And when I was about five years old, my grandma from Hong Kong decided to come and live with us for six months. And we lived in a really small flat. And basically, I shared a room with my sister already. There, were, there was a bunk bed. So I slept in the top bunk. My sister slept in the, the bottom bunk. And basically, my grandma moved in. And she decided to sleep in the bit of ground next to the bunk bed. She kind of like laid out her little mattress. And for six months, the three of us shared a room together. And um, this is what the day looked like when my grandma was around. She would wake up at 6 a.m. and she would start praying in tongues. After the praying in tongues, she would sing worship songs a cappella. <laughs> After the worship songs, she would get her Chinese Bible and she would open her Bible and read the scriptures. And then she would take out this red biro and circle and underline the words where she felt God was speaking to her. And her Bible, when I looked at her Bible and opened it, all you saw was red biro. And, um, you know, when my grandma came to stay, it was, 
it was very special because I felt so loved. I felt like I belonged. And when my grandma was around, there was just more laughter, there was more joy, there was more fun, there was just more life in the room. I have no idea what my grandma was praying for over all these years, but sometimes when my sister do wonder, I wonder what she prayed, because I do believe that God hears the prayers, often of powerless women. My grandma showed me what love was. She showed me who God was. And we created room in our little room in our house for her because we loved her. And we used to cling on to her every word. And we would listen to everything she had to say. Because let's be honest, she was a very fiery woman. And she was not messing around. You know, your heart can be the home of God if you want it to be. When I think about it, God himself wanting to come in and live within you, that truth blows my mind. Do you know God wants to come and be with you and live within you and give you life and healing and hope and encouragement and counsel and wisdom and love through the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants to pour out over and over and over again how much he loves you, how unconditional his love is, how you don't need to earn or do anything. You are loved because of who you are, a child of God. The love you've been looking for all your life is found in a person and his name is Jesus. And when you have a real relationship with Jesus, you are going to experience a love that is gonna transform your life. His perfect love will cast out all fear. God loves you. And lastly, God is for you. Jesus says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you know you have an advocate who fights for you every single day? I used to be an advocate in my old life. And when I fought for my clients, I fought pretty hard. But in comparison to God, it pales into comparison. God fights for you. Even when nothing is happening on the surface, even when you're going through the most difficult times, God fights for you. His Holy Spirit not only comes alongside you, but he fights for you. The Holy Spirit always points you to the work of the first advocate, and that is Jesus. The Spirit is always reminding us of the words, the works, and the truths of Jesus. The Spirit shows you what Jesus has done for you on the cross, that Jesus fought for your life, and his death and resurrection have brought you freedom and fullness of life. 
You have nothing to fear if your life belongs to Jesus. That is truth. That doesn't mean that life is always going to be easy, but it does mean that you have someone alongside you who carries true power and authority. And when you've put your trust in Jesus, when you've surrendered your life to him, that is the place of freedom. Nothing can take away from you the love that God has for you. No circumstance, no situation, no health condition, no trial or tribulation can ever separate you from the love that God has for you in Christ Jesus. Your life is in God's hands. Tim Keller, the New York City pastor, passed away on Friday. He's a pastor whose teaching and preaching and ministry has had such a profound impact on my life. And when I was reading his Twitter feed from six days ago, he wrote this. If the most powerful person, the power behind the universe, loves you with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind, and you can see that on the cross, why are you afraid? That is a truth that I need to wrestle with and meditate on every single day, that my life belongs to Jesus and he has the final word in my life. At the leadership conference a couple of weeks ago, 5,000 people from all around the world gathered at the Royal Albert Hall for worship, for teaching, for ministry, for encounter, and then to be sent out into the world to live and love Jesus through words, deeds, and actions. And on the first day of the conference, I was sitting in the Royal Albert Hall, and I noticed this woman sitting in the second row. And I thought to myself, you know when you see someone, you're like, this person looks really familiar, but I can't figure out who they are. And so I was kind of trying to figure it out, but I was like, I don't even know who this person is. But um, maybe she's a guest, or maybe she's a friend of someone. And um, for the whole two days, she just sat there quietly in her seat, just watching what was happening um, at the conference. And then on the final night, we were having the final set of worship, and it was probably 15 minutes left, and we were going to sing our final songs. And um, the worship band got on the stage, they were getting ready, and then we sang this song, which you may know, called Waymaker. And um, I was like, oh, this is, this is a good one. So we started to sing, and it was kind of ramping up, and then out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman being quietly escorted out of the second row. And I was like, oh, what's happening here? And then with a grace I cannot explain, she kind of just glided up the stairs. And then someone handed her a mic. And then all the worship band took a step back and she basically took center stage. And then literally she began to sing. And I began to weep. And as she opened her mouth and started to sing, she sang the song in a way I've never heard sung before. She basically just let rip. 
and she almost broke open the musical score. Her vocal range, her tone of voice, her timbre, oh my goodness, I literally couldn't cope. I was like, who is this woman? I mean, you think you hear Adele sing and you're like, wow, she's amazing. I'm telling you, this woman was a whole different level. And as she was singing, the penny dropped. And I was like, I know who this woman is. This woman is Sinash. Sinash is the woman from Nigeria who wrote the song Waymaker. And as this woman sang the song, I felt God's power. I felt God's presence. I felt freedom in the room as we worshipped. I literally could not cope. And I think I'm going to remember that moment because life is about moments. I will remember that moment for a very, very long time. Because as she sang, I think I caught a glimpse of heaven. And I said to God in the worship, I said, Lord, if this is what heaven is going to be like, then take me now. I am ready. I'm ready to experience this kind of your glory. Because it was so, it was a God moment. There is no other way to explain it. It was a God moment. Do you know that you can invite the person who wrote your life into existence onto the center stage of your life? Do you know that the author, the creator, is sitting here in the room with us? And when you invite his presence his spirit into your life. You just hand over the mic. You surrender control. And that is when freedom comes and the fears begin to recede. God is longing to meet with you. The creator, the healer, the helper, the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, the ultimate friend. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, your life is going to shift from fear into freedom. Jesus says that the Spirit will help you and be with you forever. Do you know this kind of power is available to you right now? You know, I read the scriptures about this kind of power, but every day, I need that power over and over and over again. And that is why we pray, come Holy Spirit, because we cannot do this life in our own strength. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us, who equips us, who empowers us to live every day for Jesus. And it is the Spirit that gives us that freedom because whom the Son sets free is free Indeed, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God 
is with you. God loves you and God is for you. In Jesus' name, amen.